Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bannering the Blue Shirts, and hockey is finally back. Uh, I'm Tom Merch Jr. As always, I'm joined by Mike Murphy. Mike, how is it going today? You know, I'm still like, they probably shouldn't be playing, and all the games I've seen have been exactly what I thought they'd be, like a sloppy preseason game where it looks like nobody has played for three months but Tom it's really nice to have hockey back I'm not I'm not thrilled with the the fighting doesn't make it makes less sense than ever which is saying a lot but um you know hockey's back it's weird very weird I have mixed feelings about it as I sort of mentioned in uh the notes for the exhibition game versus the Islanders. I'm of the mind. I mean, I've seen what's going on at baseball right now with the Florida Marlins. And and now it's now it's looking like the Philadelphia Phillies. And you look at what the numbers were when professional sports paused. Uh, It was in, you know, single digit deaths worldwide. The numbers are, 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 are just, uh, really disturbingly high and it, it feels weird to have sports going on with everything that's going on in the world and it, it's going to continue and all I can hope at this point is that now that the NHL is in the bubble that the the bubble is kept intact there no one gets sick no one gets hurt and they they can continue this season, um, so it is a weird time. So if if you're someone who is a really big hockey fan, it it's okay to feel conflicted about what's going on in the world. At the same time, being happy that you get to watch the Rangers because I understand that watching sports can be something that you you brings you together with your family it's something that lightens your spirits um so i i'm i'm there with you if that's how you feel um but it it just is what it is at this point yeah it's a welcome distraction for sure i just hope i mean the the great news was you know at the end of phase three the training camp heading into phase four where everyone was entering the bubble. The fact that the NHL had no new cases after having um, a handful in, uh, you know, when phase three was beginning with players reporting to training camp, it was, that was tremendous news, especially because that was right around the time we were learning about the Marlins debacle and, um, you know, the NBA player got caught going out to a gentleman's club, Lou Williams of the Clippers, like... Okie dokie. Is this is exactly why it's you know it's like this is why we can't have nice things. That whole thing of you know sports is a reward for a functioning society. You know I've mm-hmm. heard that before and yep. And re- sports is a reward for people acting responsibly, and we can have these things if people don't act selfishly and ridiculously. And so far, knock on wood, things have been going well with what the NHL is doing. I did, it's funny, like, I found myself in the, you know, the exhibition game against the Islanders, like, when Hank is, you know, Hank came in halfway through the second, and, you know, he was just sitting in a, in a chair, um, you know, by one of the, the doors that has an entrance to the ice, and, like, you know, some rink employee, you know, someone maybe with a camera was... like less than three feet away from him i'm like oh do we really need can we not let hank get all the space he needs and you know and of course i still worry about all the coaches not wearing masks it just doesn't make any sense to me um but again you know you can nitpick a lot of this and i think you know nitpick might not be the right word because a lot of these concerns are very very well founded but here we are it's it's hockey, and the the games that matter, Tom, are almost here. That's the crazy thing, is this, everyone, three months off, one game to kind of get back into it, and yeah, we're jumping right into it, and I gotta tell you, I have no idea. Like, I tried to write a preview for Banter with, uh, 
with what this series against Carolina is going to look like, but I have no idea what to expect anymore. I feel like the first couple games of the series are going to be so sloppy, and the teams, everyone's just going to be feeling each other out. I don't, I don't think any one team looks particularly like brilliant. Like I know what Tampa was able to do, but what's interesting to me is like guys like McDavid, like the incredibly elite skilled guys, just look like a step above everyone because their skill can just carry them. But a lot of other guys, oh boy, it's gonna be rough. Yeah, it's um, like I honestly don't know what to expect. The thing that popped into my mind, like I'm not sure, um, like have, did you ever see the movie Rocky Balboa? Oh man, I think I did. Was that the? I'm trying to like, remember what year that was. Like mid 2000s. 2006. Yeah. So like the first the first spinoff where um, he's much older and um, he he's you know he's basically running the restaurant at this point and the it's a, I think it's ESPN basically they have this sort of technology in, in the, the movie where they're doing like these virtual reality fights and they basically do um, one of him versus Rocky Marciano and then they do one of him versus who at the in the movie was the heavyweight champion of the world um, Mason Dixon and Basically, when I think of how the hockey is going to be, I kind of think it's sort of game one, game two. It's going to be like round one when they do eventually fight where it's you have, you know, this clearly older boxer and then you have the heavyweight champion of the world and both kind of don't know what to expect of each other until the punches are starting to be thrown. And I think that's what we saw for the Rangers versus the Islanders very early on it was just sort of like okay I'm gonna skate around I'm gonna you know get my legs under me I'm gonna you know see see what's up and like it, it, it's was hard for me to get into the game because obviously you have the beginning of it it's like wow you know hockey's being played and you see people doing things but it was very preseasony to me Oh, it was super preseasony. It was the only thing that made it feel not like a preseason game is the fact that everyone had their best players in. In fact, you know, teams dressed an extra guy, which is why, you know, we saw the Rangers dress seventy. Uh, you know, we saw Lieber Hayek at, you know, under ten minutes, and of course, although he would have, he also got in the fight. You know, Brendan Lemieux got I think like five and a half minutes or something like that, but. Just the, like, the passing was off. Uh, like, little things like the transition from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. Like, like zone entries were really off. Um, a lot of guys were making great individual efforts. I actually thought Kako might have been the best-looking Rangers forward in that game. Uh, he was, which was so nice to see, because, you know, it's kind of an... A lot of people had this operating theory that of all the guys who could use a break, it's he could use it the most given how crazy his season last year was with uh, you know the juniors and then the national team with Finland and then the draft and then you know like pedal to the metal didn't catch his breath and now he got this three month break. Um, but it was incredibly sloppy uh, and it looked like a preseason game and. Um, it's really like it's the silliest thing, but I I was frustrated for uh, for Igor that you know the go- the only goal he allowed was on the, the last shot. And I was like, of course it is, right? But um, they, we should say the Rangers lost. Uh, it was a two to one game, and you know it is what it is. It's one of those things. I wasn't going to read into it too much anyway, but I'm definitely not going to read too much into it after watching that game. It was such low-event, boring hockey. Um, I think Hank only faced seven shots? Or... Oh, no. Igor did. Igor only faced seven shots, yeah. Yes. Um, And, you know, Bavillier's goal was a nice shot. Uh, Devon Taves had a... 
had a good shot, and then Heedle cashed in on a a loose puck where Jesper Fast made a great second effort um, to center it back, and uh, Brendan the Mew got in a fight, and I don't took know, a penalty there's... for diving. Yeah, that was a blatant dive to me. That was like an an embarrassing thing. I hope his teammates give him shit for that one because that was. And you know what else I noticed, Tom, is the power plays. The power plays, because the Islanders had five. Because the Rangers spent... It didn't take the Rangers long to give the Islanders a five on three in the first period. But everyone I've watched, their power play has looked crappy. Oh, awful. Um, Yeah. And the Rangers and Islanders game in particular was, was really rough. But you think about that, which is kind of extra important considering how the power play was a big factor in the season series for the Rangers against Carolina. Like, you know, having Panarin and Zibanejad make their magic and a healthy Kreider to be one of the best net front, net front presences in the league. D'Angelo, like it's a very potent power play unit and they are rusty. So it's more even more so than usual this is going to be one at even strength in my opinion when the series gets started well yeah i think that it's going to be a couple of things and like i don't want to make excuses or anything but i one thing that i was sort of thinking of is that the rangers game yesterday it was the last game of the day on that ice surface and yeah. i i understand the time of year but just the puck was so bouncy be like how many times did you know you you see Panarin like go for the puck and he overskates it or he he looks to to pass it and it there's just like some English on it that it doesn't go like like it used to used to uh rather as we've seen earlier this season um so I'm definitely interested to see if there's a difference because like on Saturday theirs is the first of the day um but if, like anything else, it's going to be an adjustment for everyone. And um, I was sort of like making the joke is that, like, looking at the game, I'm like, wow, this is going to be the first time in a long time that hockey is going to be played at Mark Stahl's speed because it was just <laughs> like, it, it was. It's like it everyone's ba- playing in mud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one positive, though, and, and not to get into you know, sample size and, and all of that nonsense. Uh, we saw Jacob Truba and Brendan Smith as a defense pairing. And at five on five, they were on the ice together for, for 10 minutes. And they were against the Islanders top line of Lee Barzell and Eberle. And they out attempted them 12 to nothing. The Islanders got absolutely nothing. And to me, it was reminiscent of Brady Shea and Brendan Smith in the playoffs, you know, what was it, three years ago, uh, you know, against Ottawa and uh, yeah, Montreal. We all set our expectations so high for Brady. Oh, Shea. God, yeah. Um, but, like you said, small sample size, uh, but still good to see Brendan Smith and, and Jacob Truba. Truba had a great game. Oh, yeah. $8 million player-like uh, game. Like, we didn't see a lot of that this season. Um and if he's going to be that type of defenseman for them in, in in the playoffs, that's obviously going to help out a lot. Um, I also think uh, like Bujinovic looks pretty good as well. Um, throwing the body around a lot more than we've seen. Um, I wonder if he's got sort of like that Fu Manchu strength. You know, he's got rocking out the goatee and... Yeah, he looks so different with with the big goatee. He looks like a swashbuckling pirate now. It's he does not look like the little skinny Russian guy that we've all grown to love. He looks like he's been you know spending the pandemic on a on an island somewhere eating coconuts or something. Like he's he does not look like the Buchnevich we know. But he he took the body a lot, which is good to see because I think one of the few things I've you know, when you look at things to, you know, chalk up to David Quinn doing a good job developing players, is he did a very good job, I think, of challenging Booch to play, to go to the slot more, 
with and without the puck and to kind of play outsider's comfort zone to be a more effective player in the offensive zone. And him adding a little bit of physicality to his game is a very good thing for him to do, If he, especially if he's going to keep playing on that KZB line because, you know, creating a little bit of space, causing disruption because, like, he's not a small guy. He's just, you know, gangly. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I love seeing that from him. But, yeah, he was one of the guys who stood out to me. And, as I said, Kako had a great game. And then, of course, Truba. Like, Panarin had... I think I feel like he was a little on and off, but he ended up getting a ton of ice time, and Zib got a ton of ice time, and I think Strom cracked 20, I think, um, among the forwards. So it's no surprise that in the series we're going to see Quinn lean on the horses, right? It's The Rangers, regardless, are going to need their top two lines to, to beat Carolina because Carolina's third line is just strictly better than than the Rangers' third line. And, uh... It's going to be what, you know, the Panarin line can do and what the KZB line can do against Carolina, who just has more depth. But, you know, it's really interesting heading into this series, the, the injury issues that, that Carolina has, especially on the back end. And I am, of all the goaltenders in the league, the one that I would have the least confidence in is among starters, or at least he's in that conversation. Not quite like Martin Jones level, but... Uh, Mrazek is a goalie that the Rangers seem to have his number, and I'm very curious. It, it just, it's so weird because, like, how much attention do we pay to the season series given what we've seen and how every team is starting off on the same wrong foot? Everyone, like, that's the best part of this is it is just like a clusterfuck, but at least it's it's level playing ground, right? It's... yeah everyone's in the same uncomfortable position like the only team that might have a fun edge in the eastern bubble is toronto because it's their rank but like i'm glad you brought up the season series and i know it makes for good banter it makes for good you know shit posting talking about how the rangers swept the hurricanes um in the season series um but i have up the the splits of everyone the rangers played against this year on natural stat trick and you know this is just five on five um the rangers were out attempted 227 to 140 um if we're doing it by percentages that means that carolina's share was 61.85 percent um which i feel (laughs) is significant uh in terms of and venue adjusted or is that just straight so let's we'll do let's do five on five score and venue adjusted and I probably think it's going to be just as, uh, as I think bad. it is because I remember I did the math manually for the season series and I remember looking at it like oh because the Rangers ended up getting ahead in a lot of those games mm-hmm. and so Carolina got to pour it on but they were already out shooting them yeah so it's so it's two twelve to one forty nine it. it dips a couple of percentage points so it's yeah. 58 um yeah, it's still 58 yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and like the biggest thing was because looking at now um goals for so five on five um the ranger war- rangers won that battle with carolina only having 40 percent uh, of the goals but in expected goals it was uh, carolina with 54 percent um yeah yeah and then if we even want to like go a little more granular and look at um, scoring chances, Carolina 57.23% of the time. So it was very much a situation of, and like Shana's made the joke about it. um, It's sort of like they lack finish in in the sense of being able to score, not like, you know, players from, from Finland. Um, But I would be very, um, I'd be very cautious because as it stands right now, so this is, this was all last updated on uh, July 28th on daily face off. So this is obviously subject to change, but the way they had the lines rolled out was Svechnikov, Aho, Teravainen as the top line. Yeah. No surprises there. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty damn good in my opinion. Um, then you have Niederreiter, Trocek and Nikas as a line. Um, Dezingle, Stahl, and Williams. I, I could see 
either one of those combos being two three depending on the situation yeah. um and then the fourth line uh fogel martinuk and uh brock mcginn um so well the rangers certainly have the ability to separate zibanejad separate panarin you have obviously Kreider, buchnevich um it's it's a situation where carolina they they have some depth and they have some star power um but it's going to come down to to finish and obviously having justin williams who's someone who the rangers know well uh in the playoffs from their their run to the, the cup final against the la kings um you never know what's going to happen there. Defensively, it's it's funny because well, not not so much funny. It's that the Hurricanes. You think, oh, no Dougie Hamilton, oh, no Brett Pesci. Yet, um, I They're still, still deeper. <laughs> I still I still feel more confident about yeah. their defense than I do the Rangers. So, Jacob Slavin, one of the I would say top five defenders in the league, criminally underrated. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looks like he's going to play with Sammy Vatnin. Um, then we have suppression. Yeah, then we have a. I want hopefully pronouncing this correctly. Brady Shea well, and Carolina's Joel- PR team couldn't spell his name right. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. And uh, Joel Edmondson as uh, a second pair. Um, and then you have Jake Gardner who. Surprisingly, I, I, he he signed for a lot less money in free agency than I thought he was going to. Um, him with uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, um, so and Flurry is the seventh there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they they have some options. They can obviously change things up, um, but you know there there are some names on there, and I know uh, Shea had a rough start uh, with Carolina. He didn't look too great against Washington, but. If we know anything about Rangers hockey, it just sure seems to me that if a former Ranger is playing the Rangers, they generally uh, come out for blood and they want to have this sort of fuck you mentality. Why'd you get rid of me? I'm going to show you that you're going to come to regret this decision. Um, So, yeah, yeah. don't be... don't be surprised when when Brady Shea has a hat trick this series. Uh, I, I don't mean, know about a hat trick. He's gonna pick up. He'll pick up. Like he'll have two secondary assists in one of these games. Mark my words. But I mean, I say hat trick because he did score two goals in a game one, that one time. So you never he, know. He, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, but my favorite stat, Tom, from the season series, like I looked it up. Grit. while you were was. <laughs> The Carolina goalies in the season series at five on five had an eight seventy three save percentage. In all situations, an eight thirty six save percentage. Now so, is that against the Rangers or just like Against the Rangers only. Oh, okay. Um so you ask yourself, like what why were the Rangers able to sweep this team in the regular season? And a big part of that answer is Carolina. No David fans. Ayers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they need the Zamboni driver. Carolina's goaltending was just a a pile of of steaming shit in the season series. Like that's just brutal for you know that sample size, even as small as it is. And when you have a power play that clicks more often than the other team, and the other team can't buy a save, that's that's all you really need. And so it. It makes all these little things that much more interesting in terms of heading into this, how rusty everyone is. But I agree with you with, like, Carolina has the better forward depth. I think the Rangers, like, if you if you want to look at, I know Shana wrote a great piece for the Athletic looking at the overall impact of each line and their value and impact on games and wins above re- replacement rankings and, like, like, Comparing them directly, the Rangers' top two compared with Carolina's top two. Like, Panarin is so good that he makes the Rangers' line of him and and Strom and Foss, like, almost as, like, it's one of the most productive lines of the league, especially in terms of just chances um, and, and the shot share at 5-on-5, five five, which is crazy, but he had that good of a year. And 
the big difference is that third line, like I was saying before, but I agree with you. Even without Dougie Hamilton, who it sounds like he won't be there for the first game or two, but obviously, like, it's it's a big mystery where he stands. But when he got injured at first, they were talking about weeks and not days. All we know is that he didn't re-break that leg that kind of fucked over what was really looking to be a career year for him, like a, a Norris-level season for Dougie Hamilton, which is a shame. He's actually one of my favorite players uh, that's not on the Rangers, which is uh, is a fun fact, but also, I gotta tell you, I'm very glad that Dougie Hamilton is not going to be on the ice, especially for that game one, is pretty much all we can say for now, because when they have him, it's crazy to think that Carolina, before the trade deadline, their defense was already good, and they went out and got Vatnin and Brady Shea. Um, like, they were counting on getting Dougie back, but it's kind of a crazy strength of that team that they're down to really exceptional D and their their D still measures up with the Rangers uh, but obviously in between the pipes the Rangers have a big edge not just in depth but in you know not just quantity but quality as well um, with Igor and Hank and Hank looked really good in my opinion um, uh, didn't look as good as fucking Varlamov did but uh <laughs> Varlamov on Jesper Fast. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, God. That fucking blind leg stack save. I mean, Varlamov's got to be feeling the heat. I mean, with now that they finally got uh, Sorkin over, um, I mean, he can't play in the playoffs, but certainly he's on the horizon as the uh, the next big thing uh, in, in goaltending for, for the Islanders. Um, but overall... And I'll be interested in your thoughts. The way I look at this series is that we really don't know what's going to happen. And I think that it it all depends on how these teams adjust and how these teams come out of the gate. But I think what we've seen from Carolina is, and you touched on it with with goaltending, um, the Rangers having someone like Panarin, like Sabanajad, who have this ability to, you need them to score a goal, they go out and score a goal. Um, that That's going to be key. And obviously, the same could be said for someone like Svechnikov and, and Aho and Teravainen, um, which is why I think goaltending is going to be the most important thing of this series because... We obviously don't know who the starter is yet for the Rangers. I think it's going to be Igor. Um, it certainly think at this point that he's their guy now, that he's their guy going forward. And in the limited time we saw him, he just had this ability to steal games. And like as Adam wrote um, a couple of weeks ago, his ability to play the puck and almost act as like a third defenseman really was something that we haven't seen with the Rangers in, in, in quite some in time. a long time. A goalie can play the puck and really facilitate zone exits. And it's it's really fun when you see it. And I think that's one of those things where it's a timing thing where I wouldn't be surprised if he has a couple of, of those pass attempts that might not be as crisp as we were used to seeing when he was comfortable and in a rhythm, but... It is a big asset. It's, you know, it's Rangers fans know it well from many, many years of playing Martin Brodeur, of what that elite puck handling goaltender can do for you. And it's like, it's, you know, it's a poorly kept secret that the greatest weakness in Henrik Lundqvist's overall game is his puck handling. Like he's, if anything, he's probably a below average puck handling goalie, in my opinion. And he's always been that way. Um, you know, he, every once in a while he'll he'll make a good play, but other times it's like Jesus, Hank, just stay in your crease. What the hell are you doing? Um, and Igor just brings that different dimension uh, on top of the fact that you know, like Panarin and and Fox, you know, and like the two months leading up to when the season got postponed, Tom. Like I think it's Panarin, Fox, and and Igor were the Rangers' three best players. That's how good Chesterkin was was playing. So 
he's a huge factor here, and it makes perfect sense to me that he would be the guy they give the nod to start this. I know Henrik has the history. I know he's Henrik Lundqvist, and it's playoff hockey, and you want Henrik Lundqvist, but right now it's Igor Shosturkin's crease, and this is a passing into the torch. It's a really big deal. This is happening, of course, and if it was any other year, uh, a lot more attention would be paying being paid to it, but this is just kind of the nature of the beast for, for this postseason, that the story is the postseason itself, right? And there's all these other stories going on, and one of them is, of course, that Rangers are the second youngest team, and there's this passing of the torch with, with Hank being the guy who's going to be riding the pine. And uh, it's, it's weird, but it's the right call, in my opinion, is Igor. And... I am very excited for what, like, regardless of what happens in this series, because I'm convinced this could be Carolina sweeps the Rangers in three, or the Rangers win in five. I really, like, it could be anything at this point, especially after what we saw in the exhibition. Like, I'm just looking at this, like, hopefully it's valuable experience for the kids. That's it right there, and especially for someone like Shesterkin who he's he's won and played well at every level and this is another step for him as a player and I think that we see how competitive he is we see how fiery he is and for him to have this experience um earlier than most of us thought he would um it's going going to motivate him going forward and i truly believe he could steal a series i i think that he's shown that to this point obviously whoever has the better goaltender generally wins the series and i'm not really confident in, in that regard for carolina but As we've seen this year, there have been times where the Rangers, they just got into these 5-4, 6-5 slugfests, and all it was is, like in baseball, they say, oh, it's a bloop and a blast, but... You know, in hockey, it just can be just one weird carom off the boards um, and change the outlook of the game. Um, I will ask you for... Your prediction. Um, I personally, I think that this is going to be a series, and I think I'll make it my official prediction. Um, I'm gonna pick the Rangers in four. Um, I I don't like to do oh in five or in seven or anything because that's sort of like saying you're flipping a coin. Um, and I I think it's gonna be Igor. He's going to be the story. He's going to frustrate Carolina. Um, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Hmm. I am so up in the air about this. Like, I, I genuinely don't know. When I when I did, you know, the five questions with Kane's country, and, and I wrote my preview in the middle of the month, like, I looked at everything, and I... And I did a lot of that just looking specifically at the season series. And, you know, in that time, like while I was writing that and stuff, I was like, there's still a pretty good chance we won't even see hockey. But now uh, we know we're seeing it, right? Um, it, I feel like a lot of this comes down to Dougie Hamilton and what specifically Carolina gets out of their goalies. Or, you know, whether it's Reimer or... Mrazek, but it's pretty clear that Mrazek's going to be starting, so it's I'm so used to the Rangers squeaking by in playoff series because of Henrik so everything we know about the Rangers in the playoffs is, is out the window but they're also getting a great goalie standing in his skates, right? Like the, the greatest strength of this team in the playoffs for the past 10 years is is the same as it was really except now you know there's some fun young guys in the mix i want to say the rangers in five um i like their odds in terms of being able to grind out tight wins i'm very nervous about 
the inability to cash in on the power play because I feel like especially the power play is one of those things it's a momentum thing I think it's very hard to start from zero and to build it up and be confident in it in a series like this but it looks like there's a several guys on the Rangers that kind of benefited from a little bit of a break uh, guys who had a lot of pressure on them like Kako and, and Truba uh, in particular I trust Panarin to do what he's going to do. I trust Kreider. I trust Abanajad to all do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, it's almost, in my opinion, it's a relief that Brandon Lemieux won't be <laughs> in the first couple of games to be a distraction and, you know, maybe take more penalties than he draws because um, he did not look good in his five minutes of ice time, to say the least. But I, I'll say the Rangers in five, but I'm... I wouldn't be surprised with any result because I really don't know what the hell's going to happen. Uh, I know Carolina, they lost their game. We should we should point out their exhibition game to uh, the Capitals where Ovi had two goals, uh, Tara Vinen had a power play goal, and uh, Vinny Trocek had another goal that was almost waved off for Carolina, the first goal of the game, but it, it stood. So, um, you know, how much do you read into that game? Just like how much do you read into the Rangers versus Islanders game? The, the correct answer, I think, is not too much. I, I mean, I think the correct answer is if the Rangers win, everything, they lost, so nothing. Yeah. I say five games. You say four? We both think they'll win. Yeah. I, I mean, like like you said, you wouldn't be surprised about anything. And and let's not, you know, I don't want to, uh, I want to be clear. It, this is not a series where it's like lopsided. I think this could be one of the more interesting series. Um, and I don't want to obviously discount what Carolina has, but when you have a goalie like Igor and obviously small sample size and all of that, just to get that out of the way, it's, it's in the playoffs in a short series a shorter series than the normal where you just got to get three wins. Um, I, I like, like his odds and it's a good point. Who knows? It could be I a blowout in game. Yeah. I mean, who? I was going to say, I also agree with you in that this series is probably the most interesting and intriguing on paper of all the series. Like the storylines here are fantastic considering the fact that these teams don't have a rivalry to speak of. And, you know, they're strangers to each other. They're in the same division, but no one cares about Rangers versus Carolina. Like, some Rangers fans will be like, ah, the fucking Eric Stahl trade. But no one cares, right? But there's all these little wrinkles. The tra- the trades they've, like the Fox trade, the Shea trade, uh, just the way these teams are made. Um, the, the way that both of these teams have, a lot of their best players are young guys that are still kind of establishing themselves, like... Svechnikov is so good already, and he's only going to get so much better. Aho is just a fantastic player. Teravainen's a great, great player. And, you know, we didn't even mention Tom. It's the Stahl brothers again. Stahl's our brothers. How can we forget? Don't forget uh, to drink, people. That's going to be fun. I really wonder how many times that's going to be said by Sam. Um, but it'll How many be more so- years of the Stahl's or brothers are we going to get? It's a good question, and I don't think many more. Um, Maybe only two or three more at this stage. What will we do? We'll have to find another brother tandem to... Uh, we need to. We need to know there are brothers out there. So, we have our series predictions in terms of games, but I want to ask you... Um, Obviously, we know Panarin. Obviously, we know Zibanejad. All the big names, what they're capable of, what we expect them to do. But And you can pick from either team. Um, doesn't matter, or you could do one of each. But who is someone you view as a potential X factor that they're going to be the biggest difference maker? They're going to lead the you know, series and scoring or something to that effect. Like who's going to come out of the woodwork and uh, put their, put their stamp on this series. So for Kane's country, I picked um, Buchnevich just because I thought he was, he was a guy who's flies under the radar. 
in terms of what other teams expect out of him. And, um, you know, it's such a bummer that we got to see so little of KZB during the regular season just because of the way the injuries panned out with, you know, Zib getting hurt and then Kreider, you know, like they they didn't overlap. They happened at different times, so it didn't give us a lot of time to see a line that we already knew before Panarin got here was a great line. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, the Rangers need that KZB line to kick ass and take names like it's capable of. And in my opinion, the secret sauce of that line is often Buchnevich because he's the crafty uh, perimeter playmaker guy who makes the little plays that often translate into like sexy rushes and one-timers and all the fun things that make us love Kreider and Zibanejad all the more. The other guy I would say for the Rangers is Adam Fox. He is, until proven otherwise, he's the the best defenseman on this team, in my opinion, at the moment. And uh, he has a lot, like he has a lot of incentive to play well in this series, given his history with Carolina. But you know, there's there's not like bad blood there, but it's it, it's an interesting wrinkle, and I don't know, he it's it's so tough that. <laughs> It's such a bummer, like, you know, with all the awards and stuff. Ah, I just, I, I wish Adam Fox was at least a, a finalist for the Calder, but it's okay. Um, but on, on the Carolina side, Tom, that's... Like, I really like Nikas as a guy who's up and coming. I don't think he's going to be, like, a big, big factor in this series. I think maybe the thing that... This is kind of a cop-out answer, so instead of saying center depth, I'll say, like, Vincent Trocek. Um, That's my because, answer. Yeah, because Carolina's center depth does give me a lot of concerns because the Rangers are, you know, an injury away down the middle from everything going pear-shaped and being a goddamn unmitigated disaster, uh, as we know uh, fully well with this team. So I would say for the Rangers' booch, for, for Carolina, it's Vinny Trocek. So for me, for the Rangers, and I don't, I don't know if, if this would somewhat qualify. I, I want to say Truba in in the sense of obviously he's a big name, obviously he's making the big dollars, but to this point, we've not seen the guy that they went out and traded for and then signed to this massive contract. And if he's now comfortable and he's more he's better adjusted he really can be a big difference maker for this team because when you're talking about defensemen in the defensive aspects of it his physicality his ability to bully players and shut things down um you know not like playing like a shutdown defenseman but just sort of getting in the way of things that that could be big for this team and obviously we know the offensive elements of his game which he's uh better known for um that that can be a positive too um and carolina trocheck is someone that really interests me um i remember when he was traded from florida that was one of the, those names where i said to myself is like man that would have been a perfect guy for the rangers um considering that they could have then cut bait at the end of the season uh, with with Ryan Strom. And the fact that that they may be able to deploy him, like he's playing at center, but there have been times in his career where he's been on the wing and he's just one of those scrappy players who can, you know, pick pucks from around the boards and get in the dirty areas of the ice. I think that... Jesper Faust is a center. With yeah, a little with, more finish ability. Exactly. Yeah, and having him with someone like Nito Niederreiter, who um, he's he's another underrated player. Like, I don't He had a rough what, year, but he's an underrated yeah. player, definitely. Yeah, I don't know what the Wilds were thinking, um, getting rid of him for uh, Victor, Victor Rask. Rask. Yeah, what yeah. the hell was that trade? Jesus. Yeah, it was, it was weird times, you know, when Paul Fenton was around and... You know, like Zuccarello and his, his, his lizard lizardness. Or whatever the fuck that thing was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cannot um, believe that's that wasn't a collective fever dream we all had. Like, we all dropped acid and heard a GM talk about a player like he was a lizard. No, that is something that happened. Yeah, seriously. Jeez um, Louise. 
What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, Vinny Trocek, he he can be a difference maker in this series. Um, and I I think that it, it's it's going to be an interesting series. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, and obviously, what the implications of this series mean, where the Rangers have um, they still have a pick to be determined because of the Brady Shea trade. So um, if the Rangers win this series, then I think they would get somewhere around like 13 or 14 because they obviously can't get the first overall pick if um, Carolina were to win the lottery. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely see there. Um, any other thoughts you have uh, on this series before we uh, take a break? Man, I have a lot of thoughts on this series still, but that's part of the fun of this, right? Like, the only other thing I would really say is I'm very curious about if we notice anything specifically about personnel. Um, although I didn't... Uh, Mark Stahl still got plenty of time. With Gord Murphy um, now at the helm Good of point. the PK... Um, because that was one of the things I was looking for, because that was our first game of Gord Murphy as the new assistant coach. He was an associate head coach in Hartford. And I was like, well, what are the chances that Gord Murphy, a former NHL defenseman, definitely more, you'd expect him to be more leaning towards the old school, would not use Mark Stahl, the veteran perceived shutdown defensive defender on the PK. And sure enough, right. he's out there on the PK. Which, like, didn't surprise me. But I was also curious about how much ice time Libor was going to get as the 7th D and all that. And But it, I will be very curious to see if adjustments are made if Carolina is able to put a lot of heat on the power play. And if, uh, you know, and how much, really how much pressure they put on Ryan Lindgren in particular um, with Gord Murphy there. Because, yeah, I don't know, it fascinates me. Like... This is such an interesting... There's all these little crazy storylines, Tom. Like, oh yeah, the Rangers have a brand new coach behind the bench for this series as well. Like, on top of everything else. But, yeah, that's one last little nugget I thought I'd throw in there before we take our break. That is a a juicy nugget, um, for sure. And something that I wasn't thinking about. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun series. And the next time we podcast... It will have seen three of these games played, so we'll definitely have a lot more nitty gritty things. It, uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna be positive in that. If it is over, it's because of the Rangers swept. Um, because it, I would look like like an idiot coming here, like, well, the Rangers got swept, and I predicted them to win in four. But <laughs> we we will stay positive. Um, you know, something that I would say both me and you are obviously well known for our positivity. No one would ever call us negative. You know, uh, Nellies or anything. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, obviously it's. The show's almost over, and we're gonna take like a, a really like break at this point. But you know, we, we gotta pay the bills somehow. Um, we so roll. we are gonna take a break, and uh, we will be right back. just like that we are back from the break uh thank you for for listening to the pod we definitely uh, appreciate it um two more little news items of the day um we'll start with uh mika zibanejad for the second consecutive year he was named the uh stephen mcdonald extra effort award winner uh well deserved and i think some of it was, you know, recency bias from the fact that he just went on a tear in terms of goal scoring when he came back. Um, 
but you know also you know his work in the community is good even the stuff that he did back home in Sweden um, with his restaurant um, you wrote that story last year and I, I linked it in, in the newser today um, and oh now that I'm in thinking about it um, in other awards obviously uh, Panarin was named the team MVP uh, Jesper Foss was the players player award For the fifth year in a row I think yeah yeah which uh, pretty soon I you'd imagine they renamed that award for him. Um, oh, and it, this is going to be our last year of Jesper Foss, Tom. Uh, maybe he's a luxury we'll we can't afford anymore. Yeah, I know. And then I love uh, him too. I love him more with each passing year. Oh yeah. no, he's going to go. I told down you we're positive, everybody. <laughs> but like when I think of Foss, like. And whenever the Rangers have these like alumni events that they trot someone out from, oh, they played in the seventies or whatever. Like, just think, like in ten years, like that could be Jesper Fast. That he's this really all-time good guy Ranger who really just did whatever he asked of him. Um, but we won't, yeah. we won't, we won't think about losing Jesper Fast. Find yet. me a. Find me a Rangers fan who doesn't love Jesper Fast, and I'll find you an island. A liar. Disguise, yeah. Find you a filthy, dirty liar with a whore mouth. And uh, speaking of someone who doesn't have a whore mouth, uh, Chris Kreider won the John Halligan uh, Award, which is the the goes to the, you know, the award. Yeah, the good guy award in terms of dealing with uh, the media, um, which I honestly expected because. What we've know about Kreider is he loves to give really specific and thorough answers. He's not one to be like, "Oh, you know, we gotta get our game going. We gotta do things the right way." Um, like obviously, all players deal in cliches, but I found him to be a uh, insightful fella, which is I would have given it to Stromer. You know, that would have been another good one. Stromer or Smith are both. Very well spoken, very insightful, great interviews. Um, I got the chance to interview Smith in person, but I, I haven't gotten a chance to to talk to Stromer. But everywhere I've heard him, he was recently on the uh, the Wish and Kaplan podcast. If uh, you guys are curious about that, he talked a little bit about he spoke to his agent, realizing you know the cap is is not going to go up, and he wants to be a Ranger, unsurprisingly. Um, but you know, he also feels like he's a big part of the team. So it's a question of, you know, if something can get worked out there, uh, with him at a reasonable rate for the Rangers, but he's, he's interesting. But you know what I thought, Tom, is it would be really fun one day to see Panarin win this given, especially New York, given the efforts he's making to, to speak English and get more comfortable at it. Like that to me would be a really nifty thing to, to develop. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that would be awesome because he is incredibly well spoken and, and insightful. Um, you know, we've seen it when he was talking about um, you know the return to play in, in the CBA. We've seen him uh, international issues, you know, impacting Russia. Um, so that would that would certainly be something uh, of note. Um, I would echo your thoughts on Brendan Smith. Um, I had the chance to talk to him at a meet and greet um, shortly after um, Kevin Shattenkirk signed with the Rangers. Um, it was a event with Shattenkirk and Smith and um, Smith spent like a good, like 10 minutes talking to my brother about college hockey and it's, you know, the importance of doing well in school and, you know, eating well. And it's, it's, you have to have a commitment in all aspects of your life. It can't just be hockey because there's, you know, a select amount of people who are able to make the NHL and have a career. So it's all about developing habits and traits that, yeah, you like to be a hockey player, but if not, you'll be able to, you know, have that work ethic that you can put, you know, in, into something else. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely appreciated that. Um, and then the last bit of news was it affects the Rangers somewhat. Um, yeah, obviously. well, it's interesting because it's kind of a forecast of what might happen. Um, yeah, and that's. Well, we could also mention we could also mention a little tidbit about how uh, there's a rumor out there that uh, SC Burn in Switzerland is is apparently pursuing Vinny Lettieri, which might which could likely spell 
the end of Terry's days as a part of the Rangers organization, which wouldn't be a surprise because, you know, he's just, what did you describe him as in the Slack Tom? As like a quadruple A player, which is like the perfect description for him, right? Like just Too on good the cusp. The, yeah. yeah. Too good for the AHL. Um, not quite there at the NHL level. It's just like if there were a league somewhere in between, yeah. he would be like Wayne Gretzky. So it's in his best interest to go make more money in Europe is like the bottom line for him at this stage of his career. It just makes more sense for him. And if that's what happens, uh, wish nothing but the best for Vinny Letary, who is, was a guy I always enjoyed rooting for because he never saw a shot he didn't want to take. And I, <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of issue with those players, even when they're like, you know, on one knee and on the half boards just ripping it because that's what they do and you know what i don't have a problem with it so if that's the case with vinnie letary uh the best for him but as you were saying tom the other bit of news was igor rikoff had his rights traded um from ska to cska um so it's basically a move that I would think that there's a chance that he could go back to the KHL. He does have the uh, European assignment clause for next season. So theoretically, if he does not make the team, then he is well within his rights to return to Russia, which I wouldn't look at that as a bad thing because um, there was news that broke late this afternoon that the AHL is targeting a start of December 1st. December, yeah. So, and and obviously, all of this is assuming that things get better, but the way that I, I would say that that's like in a best case scenario, because the thing about the AHL is that as a development league, um, they don't have the deep pockets of the NHL, so... I don't know if, if how many franchises will be in a position to play to empty buildings. So wait and see there. Um, it's for that reason why I'm not surprised. Like like we just talked about Letary and with a flat cap, there's he's not going to be in, in a position to maybe get an NHL job at a minimum because teams are going to be wanting to keep their own players but at least from from Rikov's perspective um you know if he leaves and he plays in Russia it, it buys the Rangers time to sort out what they want to do on the left side obviously they have Lindgren they have Hayek they have Stahl uh they could have Keandre Miller um obviously they have other players who um not yet in the picture like Matthew Robertson so like I know the immediate reaction would be like, "Oh man, here's another player leaving, yada yada yada." But let's see what happens. There, there's so much up in the air. We don't even know if there's going to be hockey in December. So, yeah. I'm not freaking out. It is, it is interesting just because this could be the compass pointing to Igor moving on. Igor Rikov, we should, we should clarify. Uh, you know, maybe potentially going back to the KHL. Which would really be a shame because he, gosh, training camp injury, preseason injury, and then starts behind the eight ball, you know, starts in a bad spot and then gets back in the lineup and, you know, on a Hartford team that really looked night and day and really bad when a lot of its best pieces uh, got pilfered by the Rangers and, you know, Kravstov was gone and then came back and... Yeah, he had a rough, rough time in the AHL this year, and that's so unfortunate because that trade with the Devils was a good one. Um, you know, the Grabner trade. And uh, Rikov is still a player, who, in my opinion, that's really worth a long look and, and a player the Rangers should consider. But, um, you know, just the way everything has worked out is just kind of just kind of crappy but that's what happens sometimes right like we get these guys get these opportunities and you know fate intervenes they get some injury they you know i don't know what his comfort level is with english but i know you know it's a very different situation than it was at the beginning of the year in terms of what hartford had and in other russian players down there and the adjustment he had to make and 
we talk so much about how Fords have to adjust um, to the North American rink, but for D, it's it's really like a completely different animal. It's this game of angles and not allowing guys to take you outside, and you know, obviously protecting the slot. But it's uh, and you know, it's something I always found peculiar with his KHL numbers. He didn't get a lot of registered hits, so I was very curious what that might mean. Uh, for a guy who's not a small guy, but how his defensive toolkit would translate at the AHL level. And, you know, clearly he had a rough go. And I know, you know, Gord Murphy had a hand in, in the blue line in Hartford. But, you know, Tom, the blue line in Hartford was also kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of all over the place. Like, in terms of who was there and who wasn't there and... You know, it's already undergone some changes. I don't even know if we got to mention that Sean Day ended up uh, in Tampa. Uh, a couple oh yeah, that, ago. that too. Yeah, so there's a lot of little things uh, there, but hopefully we'll see what happens with with uh, Igor Rikov. But of course, um, right now the big story is playoff hockey is because. You know, for those who care about stats and historical stats, these the the playing games count towards playoff totals. So this is we can comfortably call all of this playoff hockey, Tom, which is nice to say. And just think that Igor Shishkarkin could be the first goalie in NHL history to win uh, nineteen playoff games in a you know run to the Stanley Cup. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind the first overall pick, but I also wouldn't mind the Stanley Cup. That's the beauty of it. Like, it really is playing with house money in a sense of, okay, they went around, great, experience, they lose, okay, it's still experience, get a chance at the number one overall pick. Um, I'm not going to be super picky. Now, if they get to, like, the conference final and then they, like, lay an egg, like, that'll hurt a little bit, but, you know... Let, yeah, but it'll still be one of those things where you can say they're learning. It's a bunch of puppies learning, and they'll figure it out. And that's that's what I'll try and tell myself is this team is so young, and it's so has so much potential, and it's obviously still towards the end of this transition phase where you know you still have guys like Mark Stahl and Henrik Lundqvist around. But uh, yeah, it's a fun time to be a Rangers fan. It is a fun time to be a Rangers fan, um, and it's also a fun time to be uh, a patron. Um, it, we've been teasing having uh, new stickers, and our lovely patrons, if you have, uh, you're part of the correct tier, which the overwhelming majority of, of you are, um, you're going to be receiving a, uh, a pretty cool sticker. Um, I'm a not going to get a special surprise sticker. I'm not going to give it away yet. Um, basically, um, Mike, who did a, a God bless him, you know, putting together all the envelopes. Uh, he's got to get some stamps uh, and he's going to send them out and then he's going to send me some. And then I'm going to post a sticker on Twitter and basically um, you'll see how awesome it is. Um, and then for those who are not patrons, you will have the ability to get one of these stickers and I will share those details at a later date because I obviously don't want to give away the surprise. But those of you who are patrons and I will read your names now, a six foot gap, Adam Nahoek, Aiden Gaspar, Armiel Kistner, Andre Chicagov, Andy White, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Beezer, Ben Pierney, Bjarner Osterheim, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Captain America, Chris Abibi, Chris Lucas, Chris Marco Trigiano, Clark Carroll, Daniel Jazen, David L. Singer, Fancy Lawrence, Frank Menino, George Lippman, Igor Zadlowski, James Dengels, Jamie Bussold, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John Prezapelski, John Reppy, Jordan Sassone, Justin Walsh, Keith Franchillo, Kevin Mead, Kush Tastic, Kyle Palatano, Matt Bader, Matthias Olson, Michael Kanick, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nick Antropov, Nikolai Hoffman, Panerwin2020, Patrick Landl, Brainel Powerhouse, Sammy Vogel Seidenberg, Sean, Steve Bielbeck, Stink Flamin, Tall Guy Rob, The Eric Carlson, The Ninjas Ninja, The Tin Man, Tor from Manhattan, Trevor Kepner, thank you so much for your uh, continual support. Um, stay tuned for the, for those stickers. Um, I think you're going to really like them. It's going to make sense. 
and I'm kind of glad I picked the uh, the slogan I did uh, when I did, and it was actually before it was used by some uh, local area sports teams in a, in a campaign. Um, so I, I think it was cool that we were ahead of the curve there, but uh, we really Who's think you're going to like them. Town? We do have great ideas, and uh, I am glad to have you. Um, ah, Tom. You're a sweet boy. So, yeah, that's the show. Um, next time you'll hear us will be after three games of the series. Um, we are going to well, be positive. to talk about Yep, it's going to be positive news. We're going to stay positive. Um, hope everyone is doing well. Take care of yourselves. Uh, hope your friends and family are safe and healthy. Uh, continue to wear a mask. Wash your hands. And uh, just be careful out there. Uh, we really appreciate all your support. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers. Rangers.